You are Locked On LSU, your daily podcast on the LSU Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Okay, let's get it. Locked On LSU, your team every day. I'm Matt Muscovic, ESPN Radio Baton Rouge, New Orleans, Alexandria, CST, and right here for the Locked On LSU Podcast, brought to you by Rock Auto and rockauto.com, where we thank you for making us your first listen every single day. Uh, we'll let you hear from a couple of uh, insiders, college football and SEC. Ross Dellinger, Cole Kublik will join us on today's episode to give their opinion on how the uh, Ed Ogeron uh, era ended at LSU and what's next for the Tigers. That's coming up. But with so many names being bandied about, uh, one of them that a lot of people have mentioned is Jimbo Fisher. And we are going to start to hear coaches ask publicly about the LSU job as their name is connected with it. So expect to hear things like this in the coming days and weeks moving forward. Specifically with Fisher, he was meeting with the media on Monday, and he was asked point blank about the LSU job, and he addressed it like this. I'm gonna say this right now, and it, and I don't want it's in October right now. I love being here. This is my the job I want. I'm, I'm being here. I got a great contract. I have an unbelievable chancellor. Have an unbelievable president, unbelievable AD. That we're building something. We're recruiting great players. I really believe we're on the process of building something great. I plan on being here and fulfilling this contract and doing everything. I my family has roots here. I got ranches here. I hunt here. I love everything about this place. And and I and you don't and listen. And I say that because listen, nothing. There's nothing going on there. Is there nothing happening there? And I don't be disrespectful to anybody else. I, I coached there. It was a great place. We won national championships. It is one of the best, you know, best places. In it's a wonderful place. I love being an A&M, and I plan on being an A&M here and fulfilling my whole contract. I love everything about this place. And, and let me tell you something else. And the way this place has embraced me and my family, and including our foundation, the things that are going on with our foundation, the way the people have embraced it, the way people have, have done everything here in College Station, I love everything about the people here, the administration here and everybody in charge here and the people who run this organization. And I love it here. You know, there are two ways to answer the are you interested in job X question. There's either the denial or the non-denial denial. With Jimbo Fisher, that was the sort of a mixture, but I would go more toward the denial. The non-denial denial is when all you do is talk about how much you love the place you're at. With Jimbo, which he did, but what Jimbo said there also is he complimented LSU, but even said, I'm not interested, and said, I plan to finish my contract here. So I believe him. But here's the other part of that. In order for Jimbo Fisher to have an opportunity to take the LSU job, he's got to be offered the LSU job. And here's what I will say definitively. That, yes, Scott Woodward hired Jimbo Fisher at Texas A&M. Yes, they were both at LSU together in the early 2000s. One of Scott Woodward's best friends is Jimmy Sexton, who happens to be Jimbo Fisher's agent. So there's a lot of connectivity that would lead you to believe that phone call would be made and it would at least be considered. Remember, Jimbo has a giant contract, but the deal that Jimmy Sexton and Scott Woodward did had no buyout. That was sort of the tip of the cap or the handshake with A&M. Yes, you're going to give him this giant contract, but... There's no buyout, and that works both ways. Jimbo could leave and not owe anything, but AM could fire him and not owe anything. It provided him no safety net, which is why, in part, they were willing to do that. But I'd say this. LSU, if they were going to hire Jimbo Fisher, would have to pay a figure north of $9 million a year. I don't think they're going to do that. Could they? Yes. Will they? I don't think so. The other part is there has to be interest on LSU's part. 
And I will remind you this. In 2015, Joe Oliva went hard after Jimbo Fisher. And a lot of this has been written, and you could refresh yourself, you can refresh your memory yourself by going to read up on it, or you can take my word for it, because I remember this very intimately, having followed that as it was unfolding. As Les Miles was coaching for his job, air quotes, over the final th three weeks or so of the season, Joe Oliva was making contact with Jimmy Sexton about bringing Jimbo Fisher to Baton Rouge. The two sides had agreed to a deal in principle. Many people think the way that that all transpired was that there was a board meeting at halftime or in the third quarter of the Texas A&M game where they decided, no, we're going to stick with Les because of all this public emotion and support for Les. That's baloney. Joe Oliva and King Alexander dropped the ball. They couldn't make a decision quickly enough on the terms that they agreed to. And when they finally went back to Jimmy Sexton to say we have a deal, Jimmy Sexton upped the price. So Joe Oliva had to go back to King Alexander and say, hey, they upped the price. And keep in mind, that was at a point in our in our state where higher ed was being slashed, that the idea of paying less miles five figures to go away and then paying this new coach an enormous salary was not going to sit well at LSU so or in the state of Louisiana with many. At least King Alexander was considering the, the ramifications of that. But LSU pulled away from the table and decided to stick with less. As we know, they would fire him four games into the 2016 season. But what you don't know, perhaps, is that the way that negotiation went down with Sexton and LSU administrators and boosters left such a sour taste in the mouths of so many admins and boosters that it has been made clear to me that LSU had better not even entertain the idea of picking up the phone to call Jimmy Sexton about Jimbo Fisher this go-round. There are other options for LSU this go-round, and they are not going to be Jimbo Fisher. So, yes, Jimbo was very adamant in wanting to stay at, in College Station, and I believe him because that's where he's going to stay. Because if he leaves, it's not going to be for Baton Rouge no matter if he said he wanted the job or not, because that interest is not mutual. There are a lot of candidates that are interested in the job and that LSU is going to continue vetting over the coming uh, over the coming weeks. And as the search continues, we'll certainly let you know. We will continue here on the Locked on LSU podcast, where we're brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the leader in college sports daily fantasy, offering more college football props than anyone in the world, from all-star players in the Power Five to mid-major players that you might not have ever heard of. Prize Picks offers any prop that you can think of, yardage, touchdowns, even interceptions thrown. So download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com, use the promo code locked on, one word locked on, and you'll receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 at prizepicks.com. That's prizepicks.com. Use the code locked on for your 100% instant deposit match up to $100. And as always, our title sponsor on Tuesdays here, Rock Auto and rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Rockauto.com. Get to rockauto.com. Don't get in the car and drive to the parts store or to the or to the car dealership, have someone hack away on a keyboard hoping to find the part you might need, and they got to get up on a ladder to find it. No, 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 no. Bypass all the hassle. Just go to rockauto.com, search any year, make, model, body style, whatever part you're looking for, even things like motor oil, tail lamps, and windshield wipers. 
They've got it at rockauto.com at a discount and delivered right to your door. A family-owned online business for more than 20 years, it's rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts car will ever need, rockauto.com. Continuing here, Locked on LSU, where we thank you for making us your first listen. We always appreciate when we get a couple of minutes with college football national reporter with Sports Illustrated, Ross Dellinger, who has followed this story as closely as anyone. And it was Ross who actually broke the news on Sunday that Ed Ogeron would not be retained. However, he would coach the remainder of the season. And we talked with Ross, and I asked him if he was surprised at all that the timeline didn't change considering Florida uh, LSU won the Florida game. Yeah, yeah, it, it was it was crazy. After after they won, I mean, you you immediately get hit with messages from people that, you know, to sum it up are, well, they can't do it now. Uh, you know, they can't possibly do it now. I mean, um, and I kept going back to two or three people, and the message was, uh, at least as of Sunday morning, no, 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 it's still on, you know, it's still on course, like mm. for Sunday or Monday. And it's just like kind of head scratching, like, wow, you know, and which tells you again that this was done days before the Florida game. Like, this was all ironed out and done days before the Florida game. Um, and, you know, so they, they hammered it out after Kentucky. What, what's the, the weird thing for me um, is that uh, when you tell a coach, you know, Sunday, obviously the day after the Kentucky game, that he's not going to coach next year. At that point, a lot of schools in the past, a lot of um, uh, school administrators would would have then come out and that's it. You know, he's fired. Uh, like we saw with maybe less miles than we've seen with so many other coaches. Like if you tell a coach that, then you immediately announce, you know, he's he's fired. Um, it's weird that they chose not to do that. Instead, they, they chose to kind of like hash out the settlement part of it um, before making the announcement, which usually – a lot of times, not not always, you see it going the opposite direction. You see announcement of a firing, and then the lawyers and the agents get together and they hash out the the buyout of the deal. So that was that was kind of unusual. Russ, you uh, have a piece up right now uh, at SI.com, and I would encourage anybody to go read. I'm sure maybe you already have, but it's uh, the swift fall of Ed Ogeron at LSU inside a stunning post-title collapse. How long did it take you to put this? Uh, this narrative together about about three two three days I started working on it Friday when you know it when I realized that uh, things were were happening um, I should say Thursday night probably actually I probably made the first calls on Thursday night um, so it, Thursday night all day Friday all day Saturday I hardly watched any football Saturday I watched the LSU game um, but that's about it. I really, I did not watch, I did not watch any more other games. I was on the phone quite a bit or text and just trying to put this together. And, um, you know, I, at matter myself, I didn't really have it completely ready Saturday afternoon when, when re- reporting the news, I wish I would have, but I needed probably another hour or two with it. Um, but you know, it, it was interesting trying to contact people during this time. Um, and I should say close to a third of that. Right, that story was kind of done. Right, I, I mean, just my my knowledge of of uh, what's been happening in the last few weeks, maybe even last year or so. I kind of knew a lot of stuff already, so I was trying to go back and and comb through it and uh, and get some fresh quotes. Uh, you know, things maybe that happened more recently, especially this season. 
um, and just kind of put things together. But there's a lot of that, if not maybe half of that, that I kind of already had in my head. I kind of already knew before I started really putting it together Thursday night. Russ, can you maybe, just from a, um, a journalistic standpoint, walk our audience through why? Because right now what's happening is a lot of stories of things that had, uh, you know, had reportedly transpired during the Ozron era are just now being reported. Why are things like that just now being reported instead of when they happen? Well, that's a great question. Um, I think probably there's probably a few reasons. Uh, number one, uh, a lot of people aren't willing. They might they might talk to you about things that have happened uh, around it or inside the football facility, but and you grant them anonymity um, to do that to talk to you. But there's an expressed uh, request from them on using that information, right? Not immediately, like. Here's this information. You can you can use it. You can you know quote me anonymously, but don't you use that information until the, the trigger, so to speak, is pulled. Mm-hmm. So that that happens um, that happens a lot uh, where you you have sources that don't want to be used um, until until something a decision has been made. You know, in the future of the of the head coach. So and, and in order to keep sources and keep relationships you you agree to, to those things that's kind of how um our business works i think the second part of that is until a decision is made um like you know lsu basically firing at ogeron um people won't talk or, or until the decision gets really close right people people are less people are more willing to talk and open up when you tell them hey you know Ed Orgeron is probably getting fired or he's getting fired or let's talk about why he's getting fired, you know? And so there's a couple of reasons there for sure. And then if you're a beat writer, you know, you, you, you have to keep relationships with, with people on the beat. And it, it's a very difficult line to walk. Um, you, you have to keep relationships with people at the university Um and, and it's hard sometimes to write those stories uh, until, again, the decision is made. It's hard to keep those relationships, you know, uh, until uh, until the decision is made. So it, it can get complicated. There's, there's no doubt about it. Yeah. I just wanted to ask for the just for the base of clarity because I know a lot of listeners may, may be asking that question today, and to hear it from mm-hmm. you know from one of the best college football reporters in the country is certainly impactful. You did write a lot about Ed Ogeron's behavior, um, and that's been something that's been oft discussed here. Was there something or some things that stood out more so in, in the eyes, the minds of the decision makers to where they said, that's the thing that pushes this over, over the edge? Well, I don't know if it's one you know, thing or instance. Uh, I think, first of all, and Scott Woodward said it, you know, yesterday at the news conference, but look, man, we ain't talking about this at LSU seven and L or six and one, right? We're we're not we're not talking about this. He he can call the UCLA fan a sissy blue shirt, but guess what? Better go beat the UCLA team. Yeah. Um, he can call it sell a fan to go to the fishing hole, um, but you better win the the next four games or something. You know, I mean, it's just, 
it, we're not talking about these things if LSU is winning on the field. And so to try, to try to explain, well, why LSU isn't winning on the field is blank. And, and I think the behavior off the field just exacerbates things. Um, it's funny. I, I had somebody tell me, you know, Clay Helton out at USF, USC was for so long uh, kept his job for like three years and people didn't think he would keep his job for, you know, I thought he would be fired in 20, 2018 and he, he kept it for three more years. Why? Clay, Clay never made any kind of uh, embarrassing public showing or comment was just super great to deal with for not just media, but his administration. He kept his job because he didn't do those things. And when you're struggling on the field, and you're also maybe having some public missteps that might embarrass the university. That just it's just like one of those um, the last straw type of thing. It's like all this is piling up. You're struggling on the field. You have all these issues, maybe whatever. And then also you're saying things publicly that are just you know to put it bluntly, kicking off right your your bosses and in in the university in general, making maybe the brand not look as good as you need to. So, um, yeah, I mean, that, that's that's kind of how I, I view it. Last thing before you go, um, the obvious um, dismount. Who's next? Well, um, I think, you know, uh, the names you well, – Scott Woodward has an M.O. You know, everywhere he's been, he, he goes high. He goes to the top, man. He, he uh, It's an open, you know, blank, blank check type of thing and goes to the very top best of the best. Uh, we saw it with Kim Mulkey. We saw it with Jimbo Fisher when he was at um, A&M. Uh, Washington, he hired Chris Peterson. Nobody thought they get Chris Peterson out of Boise. They had tried for years. Uh, hired Buzz Williams at A&M. Um, uh, he goes to the top. And so who are at the top? You know, you, you've got a, a pretty long list of names at the top that have been mentioned by pretty much everybody. You know, the, the James Franklin, the, uh, the Lane Kiffin, the Mel Tucker's, the Jimbo's, the uh, even Urban's, and you know, but some of those I just said, right? At a place that's doing a Title IX, probably aren't going to happen, um, right? In in I tweeted this earlier, but I also don't think that unless she's going to necessarily flirt with Jimbo a, a fourth time. They did in 05, 15, and sixteen, and then Jimbo seems pretty happy and settled there in A and M. So your your list starts to get get whittled down, and um, you hear Mel Tucker's name obviously a lot. James Franklin is somebody that um, uh, you you hear a lot for every big opening, you know, open job. Um, uh, and then you have right, you probably have another rung of candidates that are the the crazy ones that you say, no, surely Scott, well, we can't do that. Like a Lincoln Riley or Brian Kelly or you know these names like that. Uh, and then you got another rung right that that are like the the Billy Napier, you know, or Matt Campbell or. Uh, the G5 might be more level coaches, which isn't necessarily the Scott Woodward way. But if you get down the list, you you wonder. We appreciate Ross Dellinger. And, of course, we appreciate Sweatblock, sweatblock.com. For several weeks now, we've been telling you about Sweatblock, how these wipes stop sweat for as much as seven days. And it seems uh, people have been listening. I'll tell you a story. Um there is a friend who is a middle school PE teacher, spends the bulk of the day you know, inside and outside doing you know, calisthenics. And look, in South Louisiana during the fall and you know, during the August, and October months when it's 100 degrees with humidity, 
you sweat. And this this buddy had issues with sweat. Told him about sweat block and amazingly doesn't sweat anymore outside. Doesn't sweat through shirts. Doesn't have to change shirts multiple times throughout the day. It doesn't matter if you're an athlete, if you're a doctor and you're in the OR, or you're a fan going to tailgate or at the game. If you want to stop sweat and stop excessive sweating for up to seven days per use, it's sweat block. Not just for your armpits. This is chest, back, feet, hands. Use it anywhere. I mean, anywhere that you might sweat. It's sweat block. Sweatblock.com, sweatblock.com. Make sure you use the code locked on and they'll give you 20% off your order. Again, sweatblock.com. That's sweatblock.com. Use the code locked on for 20% off your order at sweatblock.com. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. As we wrap up today's Locked On LSU podcast, very pleased to have had a chance to talk with Cole Kublik of the SEC Network and uh, Jocks FM there in Birmingham. And we got to talk a lot about what LSU does moving forward for the remainder of the season now, knowing Ed Ogeron is out. But I started by getting Cole's reaction to the news. At this point, not surprised just because of how much of the discussion we've heard over the last few weeks and how much chatter we've heard about, you know, before the bye week, end of the year, inevitable, so on and so forth. So uh, I think I may have been more surprised just that it ended the way it did, uh, which seemed obviously fairly amicable. Um, You know, neither side seemingly wanting to, you know, kind of drag anything through the mud. And, and willing to just sort of step away and allow the next thing to take place, which, and let's be honest, just it, it doesn't happen very often that way in, in college football. Uh, so I was a little surprised at, at the way it went down. Uh, you don't often see a, a head coach and an athletic director sit down in a press conference and shake hands and say, you know, X amount of games left, and then we're going a different direction, and everybody seems to be cool with that. So, um I, I appreciate the fact that they're going to let him finish out the year because I, I think I've told you before, Matt, I just, I don't like it when, you know, you make that change mid season for the players. I, I don't like having, you know, being down a coach or two and then every other coach has you know, got one foot out the door trying to figure out what they're going to do next. Players are walking around wondering what the heck's going on. So I understand that a lot of those coaches will still have one foot out the door. They're still going to be looking for their next gig, but this does provide, I think as much stability as you can by with also knowing that you're going to have a new coach next year. Um, you know, Cole being privy to a lot of information here, I know what happened off the field with Ed, all of the things that, that piled up, you cover the league as close as anyone. And you get to see on from a field level view, this team every year and have watched Ed's teams since he's been here. What was so different? Like, what changed over the last two years on the field? Well, I think on the field, you, you, you had two new coordinator hires this year and obviously two new coordinator hires last year. So, or at least some, some kind of a change that 
made the systems be a little bit different, somewhat different, or and then totally different in other instances. So I think there, there's been a little bit of confusion. There's been a lack of understanding of, of exactly how that's supposed to look and how to operate that. Um, and, and then, too, I just think that it, the, the continuity as far as staff, player, system, everything just sort of being on the same page seems to seems to have just sort of shriveled up a little bit. But, you know, I, I think, too, that at the same time, you know, they're, since that national championship, in 2019, there also seems as though there there've been a lot of instances of guys that I, I don't want. I don't know if you would call it accountability. I, I don't know if you would call it uh, entitlement. I don't know if you would call it just you know a feeling of you know maybe maybe in it for the wrong reasons, maybe in it for different reasons than than should be. I, but I, there feels to me like there's just been a lot of that going on. Also, and I don't, I don't know where to point that finger, to be perfectly honest, because that's more of a want to than anything else. Mm. Um, you know, I, people won't like the fact that, you know, people are going to argue with me and get mad at me and tell me, oh, protect your money. You know, oh, that guy's got a future to think about. No, contract. That's cool. But you signed up to go play football at LSU, man. And there are a lot of dudes that seemingly have walked away from that chance and opportunity the last two years. So... I, I don't know if I can blame anyone for that. I don't know if I can say that that's anybody's fault. I think it's just sort of happenstance. And unfortunately, I feel like 2019 is, is largely responsible for a lot of that. Now, are, are some of it legit? Are some of them legitimate injuries where guys can't, you know, they had something done or can't play anymore or you know, can't go out and compete? Absolutely. But I don't know if you feel different, but to me, it just feels like they're, there have been a fair number of guys that have just said, you know, like I don't. To me, the perception is, I don't need this anymore because I'm going to be just fine without it. And then they're on to the next thing, which, you know, that that to me is something that I don't know how you repair it. I don't know how you, I don't know how you alter it. I don't, I don't know how you change that. Um, I don't know what you do about that other than just be better. Have the next guys ready to step in and play. And however it's been whether it's been a legitimate injury or a guy just not wanting to be around or a guy thinking that he's got something better on his, on his plate. There seems to have been a way for coach O the last two years, at least in his staff to find some other guys to be able to step in and pick up some of the slack. I mean, we saw, I mean, just Florida game the last two years, perfect mm. examples of both. So just weird times, man. But you know, this is something that I think it happens at other places. I, I think there are other schools nationally that, when they have a lot of success, experience some of this. And it just so happens that I think a little bit of what you're talking about and what I'm talking about have combined to make it a little bit worse at LSU. Cole Kublik, SEC Network. Morning's there on Jocks FM in Birmingham. Um, what do the next five games look like for LSU when you've got Ole Miss, Bama, ULM, Arkansas, or Arkansas, ULM, and Texas A&M? Well, I, I just think you, you've got to take the guys that want to play. You've got to take the guys that want to be a part of the team. You've got to take the guys that are motivated and design things for them. Design ways for them to be contributors offensively, defensively, on special teams. And, I mean, listen, you don't have to worry about making friends anymore, Matt. You don't have to worry about, you know, if, if a guy's high school coach is going to be mad at you by how you treated him because you know they have two more five-stars coming out the next two years and you want to help your chances to get them. Like, you don't have to worry about any of that anymore. You don't have to worry about a kid leaving early to go to the draft. You don't have to worry about a kid's feelings getting hurt because he's 
you know, got beat at Fortnite last night. You don't have to worry with the kids, you know, second team on the roster, whatever. Like, you take the kids that want to play and they're going to bust their rear ends for you and that are motivated and you get them on the field for the rest of this season. And you design some things like they did Saturday where they found, you know, Jake Peets did a nice job of finding a handful of plays in the run game that they thought could be successful and then they continued to alter the blocking scheme on them a little bit to cause a little extra confusion and they changed them up a little bit during the game and they continuously found success. It's the, it's the only thing you can do, the only way you can go because there should still be a lot of guys on that roster that are motivated for the right reasons. And that is winning games in an LSU uniform and winning games for the school that they decided that they wanted to come play college football for. And, you know, there'll be some guys that, that want to try to send those out on the right way. There, there'll be guys that are just, they, they, I mean, there, there's guys on that team that hate losing. I promise you, because there's guys like that on every team. And those are the ones that you're going to have to lean on, rely on, depend on the most down the stretch. Okay, that'll do it for us here on a Tuesday edition of the Locked on LSU podcast brought to you by Rock Auto and rockauto.com. Thank you for making us your first listen. And how about making Locked on SEC your second listen for all the SEC news that you need daily with our buddy Chris Gordy. It's Locked on SEC. Subscribe up wherever you get your podcasts. Until tomorrow, it is Locked on LSU, your team every day.